Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for March 11th, 2008 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined each week by my good friends Bob Varley, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. And this week in the Peanut Gallery is Will Perry. In this week's show, we'll talk about the top news stories on the Diz, including Disney's crackdown on counterfeit fast passes. Bob Varley will tell us about ESPN The Weekend, and we'll also talk a little trash. And I will have my review of Disney's Contemporary Resort. All that plus Roundtable Rapid Fire on this week's edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. We uh, have a couple of housekeeping items we want to get out of the way. First, I want to thank everyone for their uh, good wishes about uh, Walter, my partner. Uh, had to have an emergency appendectomy last, uh, last week. It was a charming experience, and uh, we got a, a lot of really nice things posted on the boards, a lot of good wishes, a lot of emails. I really did appreciate that. That was very, very nice. And I uh, apologize that the email show was a little late getting up, but uh, that kind of screwed everything up. <laughs> Walter, Walter getting sick kind of just like messed with my world. And uh, that between that and having to get to the contemporary, uh, there were some delays in getting the email show up, but we apologize for that. And uh, also last week, I just want to make sure I tell everybody that if you, didn't, if you weren't listening to last week's show, that we did start a new blog, disunplugged.com. And uh, a couple of us have been blogging this week from the resorts, and uh, I'm going to be blogging uh, most of next week from the Disney Cruise Line. Yay, I leave on The Wonder tomorrow for four days. I'm trying to think when the last time I was on The Wonder was. I, I, it's been I ages since I've done it. It's been it's been when I was on the Wonder was the uh, four. You know, last time I did a four day cruise was had to be like three, years and three, years. Four years. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. No, I'm really thinking. The last time was when I went with my uh, my mom and dad right before he died. So that would be like December of 2000. Um, when is this going to be posted? What's that? This the the podcast. Uh, Tuesday. You like did. it always is. Okay, well, you said yes. It, you, I'm leaving tomorrow. Oh, well, we're recording this on Saturday, folks. Sorry. No. <laughs> Mr. Stickler for, for details. Um, I'm just trying to keep it real. You were just trying to keep everybody <laughs> on the... Uh, <laughs> keeping it rapid. Um, and Julie tells me that we have some prize winners to announce. I'm really hoping there's a podcast cruise in here. I'm dying to give it away. One is uh, Skip, who chose number 22. Skip chose number 22. And he gets a universal seven-day two-park pass. Cool. Yay! Congratulations, Skip. Wow. And then Erica, she chose number 28. Number 28. Oh, my. Oh, my. What is it? She gets an iPod Touch. Oh, wow. Nice. Erica's the young lady who gave us the Aquatica review, right? Yes. Yes. Great. Cool. That Great. should encourage people to do things like that. Really? <laughs> and that's Erica with a C, not a K. Well, again, the... <laughs> I know Corey's a stickler about people not spelling his name right and leaving out the E, and I sent her an email with a K, and I felt kind of bad, so... <laughs> <laughs> So cool. Now, Bob, you had a uh, housekeeping you wanted to throw in? Yeah, I have a housekeeping. Uh, when we announced the the podcast pre- and post-cruise uh, hotel options, I uh, just want to make sure everybody knows it's the Dolphin that we'll be booking these at. It's not the Swan. And uh, the way we're handling it right now is you can send an email to Tracy at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com, and the dates are May 4th through the 9th before the cruise and then May 14th through 17th 
after the cruise. And if you're going to book pre or post and you're going to do both of them, it's going to require a deposit for the days before, one-night deposit plus tax, which comes to $111.38. And then if you're going to do after the cruise, that would require another deposit of 111.38 because the time is broken up. So. Oh, okay. That's why we have to do that. So, again, uh, send your emails to Tracy at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com, and then we'll start getting these all booked in. We'll be in touch with you for credit card information. Cool. Thank you very much, Mr. Varley. And unless anybody else has any housekeeping. All right. We're going to move on to the news. Our first news story this week, Disney is improving some security features on the primeval world. Disney's Animal Kingdom's primeval world attraction is getting added safety features following the death of a cast member this past November. Cast member Karen Price entered a restricted area, was struck by a moving car, and died as a result of head injuries. Sensor mats are now being installed in the sector of the loading zone that is off-limits. Now, should someone step on one of those mats while the primeval world is running, it will automatically shut the attraction down. Uh, conspicuous stripes are also being added to better differentiate the loading and unloading zones. The primeval world continues to operate during this time, and the safety upgrades are being scheduled while the park is closed. So, I mean, it's just, you know, I, I think this was one of those, you know, those lack of imagination uh, issues that caused this you know you can't you can't think of every possible thing that's going to happen uh you try you know disney tries i mean you got to give them credit they they really do run the safest safest ship in the business so to speak but uh, some things like this you just can't uh you know you can't you you can't imagine are going to happen so to make it really safe tear it down and put up a real ride that's my opinion (laughs) i don't like that ride either primeval hurl primeval hurl yeah it looks like whiplash Looks like you get whiplash on that thing. I've been on it once. Me too. <laughs> Didn't you feel like you were going to fall out the whole time? I do. It's terrible. I've never... It's okay. I'm never riding it again. I can't believe you made me ride that. It's one ride I've never ridden. You shouldn't. I shouldn't. I won't. That'll Good. teach him. That'll teach him. <laughs> exactly. Really? That'll get even with that him. Pretty much, that pretty much destroys that ride. That's right. The people at Animal Kingdom are crying. I can hear them now. All right, our next news story. The Grand Floridian is being treated for mold. Beneath Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa, grandeur was a growing mold problem. The issue came to light when guests detected a musty odor when checking into their very expensive rooms. They found the telltale black powdery residue of mold and relocated to a different resort. The mold was found behind the Grand Floridian's wallpaper and had spread in the hallways and guest rooms. While often harmless, mold can trigger reactions among those with asthma, immunity, or lung problems. Certain molds can be toxic. Upon discovering the mold, Disney hired a water damage restoration company to remove it. According to Disney, all of the mold issues have now been remedied. Again, this is another problem that just it goes hand-in-hand hand with being in Florida. Uh, this is, I don't care, every, virtually every hotel, virtually every hotel in existence in, in Orlando has some kind of problem with at least mildew, if not mold. Because of the, the humidity, and it's just... If you're not really diligent, it's easy to get it in your house also. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we I actually had, found yeah. some in our house when we had all the hurricanes several years ago. Um, without our even noticing it, in the upper reaches of a, a closet ceiling, there was some water that had gotten in, and we found mold with and had to remove the ceiling of the closet and have it replaced. So it's it's something that even if you're diligent, you can yeah. find it without warning. It's not it's not hard in, in Florida. So, 
But, uh, you know, when you're spending $700 a night on a hotel room, I think the last thing you should expect to find is, is mold. But they took care of it, so. Look at this lovely green fuzzy wallpaper they have in this room. <laughs> is this this is wallpaper this? Paper has an interesting texture. Is this flocking? <laughs> and sometimes you don't know you have a problem until it actually does pop up, you know, in, in the area. So, But they took care of it. They did take care of it, so. And our final news story this week, Disney is responding to counterfeit fast passes. Disney has verified the rumored crackdown on fake fast passes being sold via online auction sites. While calling use of the counterfeit uh, passes infrequent and isolated, the current test of pass barcode scanners in Disney World indicates that this problem is a growing cause of concern. Unlike fast passes issued in the park, I can't talk today. My God. Unlike the fast passes issued in the parks, most of the fakes are, quote, admission re-entry passes, which are not dated and can be used at any of the park's attractions. Until the new scanning systems under development are in place, Disney cast members are instructed to take a closer look at the passes being used by visitors. They put me out of business. <laughs> Was that you, Corey? <laughs> well, do you, you know how they're checking the current fast passes? They're running their fingers around the edges because the fast passes now are being cut by the machine, so they have sort of this jagged edge. And the people who are making them at home are using giant paper cutters and those oh. smooth edges. So that's how they're testing to see if they're fake. But you know what? Put a barcode on it. Put a hologram in it. Someone will figure a way around it. Yeah, they always do. They'll figure out any well, system you have. Yeah. They'll try to figure a way. You just think it. people could find a better use of their time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, if they're making money, they're going to do it. I need yeah. to cut the lines. You know, it's another problem on the internet. Are these fake? Um, they're called GAC cards, and I forget exactly what that. Guest assistance cards. Guest assistance cards, the ones that the, they give out to people who need special assistance if they're in a wheelchair or have mobility issues. These are being printed up now and sold on the Internet. Also, the special uh, parking areas in the, the parking lots for like AAA the Diamond. AAA Diamond. Diamond. Yeah. I saw those on the, on the site for uh, sale, too, not you know the eBay thing. I mean, the quality of printers you can buy nowadays, I mean, it's not that hard to... To print these things. And, and for any of you who might be thinking about going out to eBay and finding one of these, that this may be a good idea, keep in mind that Disney does reserve the right, if they catch you using it, to not only throw you out of the park, but never allow yep, you back ban in. Ban you for life. So keep that in mind, that uh, this is not a good idea to go out and try and score some of these, you know, really and truly, unless, unless you're okay with the risk of possibly being kicked out. Not only that, but it's bad karma. It's very bad karma. But now that they're looking, you know what? If you get caught, you deserve whatever happens to you if you're going to be stupid enough to do that. So let's uh, just, just play by the rules. It's so, so much easier. You have a much better vacation. And that will do it for the news. We are going to give a weather update. If you are coming into Orlando, thank God you weren't here yesterday. Oof. We had some brutal, brutal weather Friday uh, here in, uh, in Orlando. As a matter of fact, there were a lot of tornado warnings and uh, some tornadoes touched down in the northern part of the state. And uh, I know there were a couple of deaths, so it was really, really bad. But uh, this next week isn't looking too bad. Uh, you can expect some scattered thunderstorms Wednesday and Friday, but pretty decent weather otherwise. Highs this week are going to be in the upper 70s to the low 80s. Lows in the evenings will be somewhere in the 60s. Right now it looks like Saturday the 15th and Monday the 17th are going to be those perfect Florida days with uh, you know clear skies and weather in the 70s and low humidity. But we are noticing, I'm noticing as I'm looking at the weather now, that uh, our temperatures are starting to creep up into the 80s, which means that Africa hot is right around the corner. It's coming right. soon. 
one of the good things about the weather we had last night, obviously you don't want to see anybody get hurt, but it really knocks all the pollution out of the air. And we have one of these crystal clear blue skies today. Oh, it's, it's, it's one of the most gorgeous days. Yeah. It's very breezy here. It Except reminds for the me wind. Of, it reminds me of a spring yeah. up north. It's a spring day here. Yep. Cool, really, really breezy and windy, but crystal clear. And uh, 70 degrees, actually, right now. Mm-hmm. 70, crystal clear and breezy. Don't you wish you were here? <laughs> and here we are, stuck in a room for five <laughs> hours, <laughs> recording a show. Smelling paint. <laughs> Smelling paint. I tried to air the room no, out. Stop, stop whining. I don't smell, smell any like, paint. It doesn't smell like paint at all. I do. I smell something when I come in here. But. That's Will. I was just oh, that's Will, yeah. <laughs> He's the only new thing in the room. <laughs> Should we hang him on the wall? <laughs> so, all right, that is going to do it for uh, for the weather, and we will move on to rapid fire. Okay, I'm really excited about mine. So oh I'm my! Go first. She just literally came up out of her seat. <laughs> okay, make, well, her wait, make her wait. Come on, let's make her wait. I have no. not been jumping up to go first in a while. No, she's been very reserved. She's okay, been, I'll go first. So, no, you won't. Enchanted is being released on DVD and Blu-ray March 18th, so all you Enchanted fans are Disney DVD collectors. Get ready. And uh, they're doing now, as part of the pre-parade for the 3 o'clock parade in the Magic Kingdom, they have, uh, what's it, Giselle is her name? Mm-hmm. Princess Giselle comes down in a carriage and waves to everybody with that that, that affected Disney wave they all do. <laughs> <laughs> Above the pearls and below the crown. <laughs> I'm sa- I'm scared <laughs> that you know that. <laughs> Don't you watch beauty pageants? It just, this show just gets gayer and gayer by the minute. You should be a pageant consultant, Kevin. <laughs> I am. Above the pearls and below job. the crown. Okay, so if the tag fairy's listening, I think that should be Kevin's <laughs> thing. I think, yeah, I think the tag fairy needs to do something to, 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 for, uh, for Kevin. <laughs> Above the pearls and below the crown. That's where the queen is supposed to do her wave. <laughs> Sounds like dental procedures. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Below the crown. What does that mean? Above the crown. <laughs> below the crown. Of course, that went right over Bob's head. <laughs> that crown. Okay. I love how we were laughing at it for like 20 minutes, and Bob goes, what does that mean? <laughs> I don't get it. Well, we, uh, we waited for that 3 o'clock parade for, what, an hour the other day? Yeah, and then as soon as it started... The second the music started in our it area... It started raining. And it, it was like, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, so it, and I was off like a prom dress. There was no way I was going to sit in that parade in the rain. <laughs> Fifteen minutes later, we were at the Contemporary. Mm-hmm. And i, I got to tell you, that's, a, that, that's not a bad, uh, it's not a bad little walk. It really is going isn't. back to the contemporary. It is really and truly. Now that rapid fire was really rapid until <laughs> that part of the charm of the show is the discussion. You didn't see that hijack coming? No, it wasn't a hijack. I was just okay. mentioning that you know they can they can they can catch they can catch Princess Kevin, Giselle. Kevin did the hijacking. Okay. <laughs> so all right, thank you very much, Julie Corey. Why do you have to go that way? Because you're annoying me. Because <laughs> he spent three oh, days with Bob. you at the Contemporary. I've had to deal with Those you for three days. Three great days. I have a few uh, rehab. Cinderella's Carousel is going to be closed for rehab May 4th through May 24th. And the Jungle Cruise is also going to be closed from May 11th through May 24th. And also a reminder that the, the Caribbean Beach Pool, the main pool, Old Port Royale, that pool is going to be closed through September 15th, 2008. So awesome. That's it. Great. Thank you, Mr. Martin. 
Uh, my rapid fire is about something out of town. I just wanted to remind people that the Treasures of the Vatican exhibit is at the International, the Florida International Museum in St. Petersburg, which is about an hour and 15 minutes from Disney World. John and I went with my folks yesterday to see the exhibit. It's about $20 a person. There are AAA discounts. There are senior discounts. And it's absolutely spectacular. Is it really? Mm-hmm. You get to see things that have never been on display outside of the Vatican. And you also get to see things that are from the Vatican collection that have never been on display, period. Now, how long did it take you to actually go through the exhibit? We went through kind of quickly. Uh, first of all, I had purchased the recorded audio tour for mm-hmm. everybody in the party. And the only person who got anything out of it is my dad. He actually enjoyed it. The rest of us lasted through about three minutes of the audio tour and decided enough of that. Really? It was it was slower. It was very, very detailed. And then they not only told you what the artifact was, the religious significance of it in the grander scheme of things, mm-hmm. it, in my opinion, it slowed the whole thing down. Uh, it's very well organized and laid out. It took us about an hour and a half to see it. And that was... So it's a fairly large exhibit then. Yeah, it's to, it's over two hundred pieces. Wow, and it was it's it, it's just it's very moving. Were you able to take any pictures? No, no, no pictures, no You're, video, no. I hate when they do that. However, there were things from the seventh century that are right there in front of your face, and you, within inches you could reach out. My mother was amazed that these things were not behind glass. Well, yeah, why not? I wonder. Um, there are some really quite amazing things that you get to see. There's a reliquary, which is a vessel that contains religious uh, artifacts. And the little plaque explains that the actual bone fragments of St. Peter are in this reliquary. So some I might of, be saying that word wrong. Some of those things were behind glass. The pictures and things like that weren't. I think there were, there were guards throughout and I think they kind of thought people would be respectful. I didn't see anybody touching anything. I didn't, I didn't mean to imp- imply that anybody was doing anything wrong. It's just amazing that these sort of priceless yeah. art religious within, artifacts right. are just so close. You, um, know? you get to see something called the Mandolin of Odyssea, which is one of the treasures of the Vatican that is deemed the most, the highest order. It's supposedly not created by human hands. And what it, it what it is is it's an images it's an I I caught what you've got yeah I'm telling it's the you. coffee it's the coffee it's got to be the community it coffee uh, <laughs> it's an image of Jesus's face and there are two stories one is that Jesus used this cloth to wipe his face and his image was transferred to it the other story is that a king was very ill and sent a messenger to find Jesus paint his picture and bring it back and it cured him of all disease hmm. it's in that's behind glass it's it's a very I would imagine yeah it's a very moving piece and whether you have religious beliefs or not the art value of the pieces and the historic significance the historic as well story. so it's it's not something that i would believe that only roman catholics would enjoy it, the art history of it was spectacular uh we were surprised. They they kind of alluded to the fact that there would be artwork by Michelangelo, and there really isn't a piece by Michelangelo. However, the giant compass that Michelangelo used to help build St. Peter's Basilica is on display. The, wow. His tools, the tools and the brushes 
and the tools that he, I, I said tools twice, that he used to paint the Sistine Chapel are on display. Wow. That's really cool. So uh, there's some things as you walk around that you just, you know, some things you kind of look at and take interest in. Other things stop you dead in your tracks. Wow. So how long is this there for? It's there through May 11th. They absolutely have to take my mother. And there's a giant, oh, I was impressed with the giant Raphael painting. Of the Pope, that was interesting. What they do though is it's set up as a history of the Vatican. So the very first room is a little bit uh, religious in in context and talks about Jesus and the forming of the church. And then it tells you the history of the Vatican and where it was originally first built and who built it and who built a new one after that and how St. Peter's came about. So if you're interested in architecture, it's also fascinating in that regard cool. as well. At the end of the exhibit, there is a bronze mold of Saint. No, Pope, Pope John Paul II. Pope John Paul II's hands. When he would land in any foreign country, the first thing he would do is kneel down and touch the ground, and kiss the ground. And there are there's a a, a mold of his hands, and you can it's the one piece in the exhibit that you can touch. And at the end, there's this very moving speech that he gave, and you're allowed to put your hand on his. Oh wow! So I thought it was fascinating. I, I we were all very very pleased. And the ride over is not bad. It's not hard to find. Um, there's a website in uh, floridamuseum.com. Yeah, we'll put a link up uh, the, on the show notes. Page. .org, excuse me. And it's not a bad drive. And St. Petersburg is very, there's a lot of charm right there in the area. Oh, yeah. It's really nice over there. Cool. And the museum, one more thing. The museum is right near something they call Baywalk. So there's shops and uh, restaurants and things to do within a block. Great. Well, thank you very much for that, Kevin. Very interesting. John? Last week, uh, Disney Cruise Line announced a an increase in the government taxes and fees for any sailing that's going to be visiting a Mexican port. Uh, $5 per person por- per Mexican port that they're stopping in. And um, this is imposed by the local governments. This is not a Disney Cruise Line thing. So, um, unfortunately, too late for this podcast, but Disney had given people sort of a 24-hour notice on this. And if you were able to get your res- your reservation paid in full prior to this going into effect, you do not have to pay that increase. So that is long past. If you haven't paid in full yet, you're going to be subject to that increase. And if you are paid in full and you make a change to your current reservation, that uh, increase will take effect as well. So just be aware of that. And then one more thing real quick. The Disney Wonder, uh, they've rescheduled the dry dock for the Disney Wonder for 2009. It's going to be in dry dock from September 27th through October 17th of 2009. That's a really long dry dock. So I don't know what they have planned. We haven't heard anything yet. But I'm sorry, was it the Magic or the Wonder? The Wonder. Okay. The, the Magic goes into dry dock this year. Right. After the it comes back from the Panama Canal right. cruise. There's going to be one five-night cruise in the Bahamas, and then it's going to go to dry dock. But this month-long dry dock is interesting interesting they're There's, gonna cut the ship in the wonder usually gets its updates after the magic anyway yeah they, they yeah. go alternate years yeah. and stuff but. cool well thank you very much john my rapid fire is i'm going on a cruise and you're not bob what do you have <laughs> pete i have uh, rapid bragging <laughs> disney's uh, got a new uh, uh challenge uh it's a uh, running road race and it's called the disney expedition everest challenge and it's sponsored by Champion, uh, and it's going to be in September uh, the 27th. It's a 5K run that's going to run through the theme park, and then they're going to have, like, an obstacle course and a scavenger hunt that's involved with it. So 
They're doing all those neat little things. Do you have to get muddy? No, Muddy Buddy is in May, which I'm really thinking about doing. Well, you had a couple of uh, we have a couple of listeners yep. that said they would do it with you. So, uh, <laughs> so. do we have enough insurance for that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Got to check with the lawyer to see what the uh, what the liability is for the company if we send them to do something like that. There's five sections, Pete, and uh, one person ride will end up riding the bike three times, and the other person will end up running three times. So if I bike three times, I get a shot at this, and then only have to run or walk with my boot twice. I want to see you run anywhere. <laughs> I could. Walk. I want to see you run to the corner. I want to see you pedal a bike with that boot. <laughs> I can run. I, I don't say I can run, but I can walk. Pity, pity thump. Pity, pity thump. thump. But I got a shot at this. I really do. So we're going to look into You got a shot at winning the money, buddy, Bob? No, I have no shot at winning money, buddy. I have a shot at actually getting my body through the money, buddy. Okay. Maybe. I need support. I need people to encourage me. Look, I'll tell you what. You know what? Start start training for it now. When is, when is the money buddy thing? I trained this past week. We went through the pot. Oh, I had the. <laughs> when is the money buddy thing? It may something. <laughs> Where does the muddy part come in? The muddy part comes in the naked mud wrestling. At the end, you there's this big mud pit that you you have to the person that gets there first has to wait for the other person, and then you have to traverse through. Let's practice that part first. <laughs> you got hose. <laughs> this is like a big mud pit in your front yard. Throw Bob in it. <laughs> so, the muddy Bobby. The it's going to be hard Bobby. to run and hold your stomach in at the same time. <laughs> oh, that picture of Mickey when he goose me? I don't think we should disparage Mickey at all. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, all right, Bob. Well, thank you very much for that. That'll do it for Rapid Fire this week. And we're going to move on to our next segment. Bob Varley has some information. He was over at uh, ESPN The Weekend, and he's also uh, getting involved in trash over at Epcot, apparently. So what have you got for us this week, Bob? Talk trash this week. Well, I went over to ESPN Weekend, and I have to tell you, I, I'm comparing it to the Soap Weekend. And it's just, I felt, was lame. And I just want to uh, make a comment. It has nothing to do with the Giants winning the Super Bowl over the Patriots. Nothing at all. <laughs> Regina was giving them a hard time about that this morning. Yeah. <laughs> you got that, Maris? <laughs> yeah, Maris. It had nothing to do with anything about that. So I just want to preface that. Uh, I compared it to the Soap Weekend uh, because if you look at the uh, – well, here's, here's the thing for the – it was like a, a brochure map for for the weekend. And Soap Weekend, they had – they come out with this whole book of all different events. And it just – it's just not the same effort. The crowds weren't there on Friday. Do you think Susan, it's because? Do you think it's because it's a different, uh, just a different demographic? It may be a different demographic, but I just thought it was sad. I mean, with the motorcades at Soap Weekend, you know, people were sitting there in their chairs waiting for the motorcades to go up every half hour or whatever it was, and it. I mean, the first one there was hardly anybody on the street, and until they announced that 
the motorcade was coming up. I mean, I was probably one of the few people that were waiting for it to come up. Okay, I know nothing about sports. Were the people who were there for ESPN weekend of a similar caliber as the soap opera stars? Or was it like third-rate sports people as opposed to... You know, the feeling I got was a lot of the people that were there were carrying these duffel bags with things to sign if they had the opportunity to I get them I don't think signed. he means that. I mean the people who were attending the, the, yeah. the, the, the celebrities. celebrities. Are the celebrities as big in the sports world as the soap stars are I, in the soap opera world? I, I don't feel they're as current. I mean, uh, a lot of them are, are like Jim Palmer was there. for. Uh, Who's that? Okay, he was a... Uh, He's a uh, pitcher that uh, went to the Hall of Fame. And uh, another one that was there that comes to mind, Mercury Morris, who was on the Dolphins' uh, undefeated team. And it's like, but that was back in the 1970s. What about Donovan? I know he was supposed to be Donovan, there. Donovan, current. well, he w- I didn't see him. I mean, no. uh, there were no... Okay, on behalf of homosexuals and females... Um, Donovan who? Donovan McNabb. McNabb. Uh, From Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't see him. Uh, The the biggest people that I saw was uh, Mike and Mike from the ESPN show, uh, the morning show on ESPN. Well, maybe this is one of the reasons that there's not a lot of people there is because I think most of the people going to Disney World don't know who any of these people are. I think that was my point was that there's not that draw where some people who is a soap opera fan can say, I can see Susan Lucci. I was just going to say there's no Susan Lucci at the ESPN. Well, there was going to. Well, if they had gotten. uh, uh, Well, they had Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens. He would have been the Susan Lucci of that event. But I want to mention something about that. He's too busy shoving uh, needles in his butt. How. When they print the brochures out, when when you're going to prepare for one of these things, you have to you have to print these things out. Probably what say a month or so in advance, probably to have it right. Sounds right. Okay. Roger made the announcement a week before the event that he wasn't going to be there. Do you know that his name isn't on the brochure for the for the weekend at all? It's just. They didn't put it on, so they, I'm sure they reprinted them. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Disney well, has a machine somewhere that says, uh, "Listen, change this," and then with a day they can get new new. Yeah, I mean these people put out new maps every week, so yeah. well, maybe I just. But uh, they're not going to Kinko's. I thought the motorcades were lame. I mean, they came up in the first one, I believe, had only three cars in the motorcade, and the second one had uh, four cars. I'm going to be honest with you. And I, I understand that I'm not their target audience, but it's stuff. I, I mean, like I've heard of people like Emmett Smith. There, there are names I recognize. Tiger Woods. I, what about yeah. Martina Navratilova? I, I recognize her. Yeah. You know, Andre Agassi. I remember. Thing. I. I there, you hear the, the big names, but the ones you're talking about, they're just not people I've ever heard of. Harlem I mean, Globetrotters. I wouldn't. Yeah. The, the, yeah Harlem. The, the Harlem. Really, who's going out of honest to God? And I, 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 my, my apologies to any Harlem Globetrotters fans out there, but. Who's going to go out of their way to come to Disney World to see the Harlem Globetrotters? I'm just trying to come up with some names that y'all recognize. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, I think the soap stars have a, a rabid fan base. Well, yes. The, I think Bob's point is, is well taken. First of all, there were no big names. There was no effort put into it. It was sad motor cars. If they want this to be a bigger event, beef it up. Put so these on. athletes ride in the cars like a, like right. a parade, like a homecoming yeah, they, queen or they something? They put them on the back of the <laughs> Exactly. I mean, they put them on the back of the car. They have a, a thing that sticks... <laughs> Miss Tennessee Turnip. <laughs> they, they have Miss one of the Tennessee banners turnip. that sticks to the side of the car telling who it is. 
I mean, Drew Brees was there. He's he's a, a current quarterback. They sound like names for the Saints. Of, yeah. sound, sound like names of characters in the Cars movie. They sound like soap operas of stars. <laughs> Mercury McQueen <laughs> and Breezy. You would think that they they could have got Eli or Manning. Strippers. Yeah. You know, Since Eli he didn't show Manning up for the... didn't show up for anything else. Maybe that would have been a good thing. But thing. you see, I think they thing. have to pay. Uh, they have to pay real money for that. And well, that's the other thing. There were no. Uh, Places for these people to sign autographs. They didn't have any around. It, you look really, me that, yeah. You're giving me that strange look. I'll tell you why. You should be used to it by now. I, after I ten years. Here's the reason: the soap stars are trying to attract people, and they want to promote their their show. The athletes are different, and what happens is all these athletes, like I mentioned, the duffel bag with the people with the footballs and the baseballs and all these things to sign, those people turn around and try to sell them on eBay and stuff. And the athletes aren't as likely to sign autographs because of that. Because well, the people athletes are making, also don't have to, have to work for ratings. It, that, that too. But I'm, I'm just bringing up the point that right. you know, I'm agreeing with you. Okay. You know, no, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh-huh. oh I understand you. Okay, yeah, no, but, no, no. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I just thought it, it's lame compared to the. You know, I'm not a soap person, and my wife Diana isn't a soap soap person either. But she had a great time. But at the everyone soap. loves La Luce. Uh, yeah, not everyone. No, I was about to say that too. Oh. <laughs> but uh, things that gone. She's that, a stick figure you with know, no soul. Uh, the best part of the whole thing was the interactive sports center, which is over. Uh, if you go down past uh, Rock and Roller Coaster, they opened up that whole area right below the Tower of Terror. Mm-hmm. And they have different stations and different uh, skills uh, places for people to do tennis skills, basketball, baseball, lacrosse even, uh, motocross bikes for the kids, soccer, golf, and football. You notice I didn't mention hockey? They didn't have... A, hockey must be dead in the world because they didn't have anything to do with hockey that I could see. Did they ever in past years? No, you know but evidently ESPN, is, they don't do anything for hockey uh, fans out there. So the skills area, I thought was it was crowded over there, and there were a lot of things. They, they've added things from last year. I'll give them credit on that. But there are no stars in this little area? They had ESPN radio there, uh, and they were doing... Uh, they actually interviewed Jim Palmer while I was there. And this this one guy took a... Uh, before it started, he some reason, he threw a football up on the table up there for somebody to sign. And it was like they looked at the football and threw it back to him and didn't sign it. So the, some of these people are fanatics. Uh so they did that, and then they had Mike and Mike up on the center stage uh, doing this. He's calling these people fanatics while we're sitting here doing an entire hour-and-a-half-long show on Disney World right? <laughs> every week. And, and they had the ESPN show, and I went to the inside ESPN stage show, which... Uh, it's like high school musical. <laughs> well, yeah, well, they... Did you get to build your own lifesaver? No, I didn't get to do that. Um uh, but I did get to see them interview uh, a couple of players on, on stage, and they, they, they did a talk section and uh, question and answers. But they did it in the, uh, the uh, Beauty and the Beast stage. 
and that's another thing that I, I had a problem with is they, if a person's going into the park for the day to do a, a park, just the park and not the ESPN stuff, you have a show in the morning. You have, I think, three shows in the morning and then two shows uh, like 9 Beauty o'clock, and the Beast. A Beauty and the Beast. And then from 10 or, 10 or 11 o'clock till 5 o'clock is all this ESPN stuff. And then they do another show at the end of the day for Beauty and the Beast. And they moved the high school musical over to Fantasmic area. So they, they kind of displaced that. And it was, I just, I really thought it was lame. And then they, I gave everybody a, what, what they do is for a handout. And it's, it's a, a pouch that has a, a hook on it. A key ring hook type thing that hooks to your belt buckle. A grappling This hook. is what Regina was talking about when I read that email about uh, it has dicks across it. Yeah. It's, dicks but, sporting goods. But what's inside it is an autograph book or a pad of paper and a pen. And it's like, okay. But you couldn't get any autographs, right? Well, that's my point. So it'll make a, a great grocery list. This is a nice, but this is it's actually, a nice. It's a nice. This is a nice. Uh, Pad and pen for like just taking notes. If right, it, I it's have a new nice store tour pad. <laughs> so I, I figured everybody in it's got a nice pen. And Thank you, Bob. So there's also really a coupon. Cool. Yeah, there's a coupon for I think uh, ten dollars off at Dicks. Yep. So so what do you think? That, what do you think the answer is, Bob? Do you think it's bigger names? Do you think it's more Disney has to organize this I, better, promote it better? I think it's bigger names need to be out there. Uh, I mean, Eli Manning would have drawn. A lot of people. I'm sure Roger Clemens would have drawn a lot of people, but for the wrong reason, and that's why they eliminated his his thing. Well, Disney doesn't really do controversy. I mean, he went down to Houston Astros camp this past week, and he was supposed to pitch batting practice three days that week, and Friday they just, all of a sudden, he decided to go back to Texas. So it's like... No, oh, he's, he's got some. He's got some issues going on he's there. He's got some spleening to do. Is what he's got. The other thing is, uh, ES, uh, the soap weekend. They had the stars come up at the end of the day, and they did this big thing at the end of the day. The ESPN thing ended at like five thirty. Was the last event. The park's still open till eight o'clock at what, night. What year of the of the event is this? How many? How long has this been going on? Do we know? It's at least. At least two or three. I was say I know that in the beginning the Super Soap Weekend was not at this fervor, so it took them some time to get going. Maybe they just need some time to get going. Well, with one, this. one big difference I see with ESPN the weekend and Super Soap Weekend is that kids are not attracted to Super Soap Weekend. I don't see kids really being involved. with Yeah, that. I think that's. I, I think that's a pretty safe bet. Yeah, yeah. I well, mean, so but I mean I know ESPN the weekend. A lot of these um, interactive sporting things are they mostly for adults or children? It's mostly. I mean, the kids were there, and they had the the parents had the kids dressed up in like the, I can remember uh, cowboys and a Washington Redskin. They were twins, and the brother was one, and the, the Redskin were the other. The crowd up near the stage on Friday, when Mike and Mike came out, it wasn't that. I mean, it wasn't packed like at Soap Weekend, and they, Mike and Mike, I, I consider were the highlight of the thing. You I know. have a question to ask. Do you think people plan a trip around ESPN weekend like people plan a trip around Super Soap weekend? Or were they just I, I think, lucky that they were in the park? I think less. they're less likely to to plan to come down for this weekend than they would for the Soap weekend. 
I kind of I think I, I didn't you go know? to this, but I think I agree with you. See what I what I always thought, and this is no no disrespect to our male listeners and male Disney fans in general. I, but I think for every male Disney fan, there are ten men on Disney property at any time who were dragged there by their wives. And that this is a great way. This is this this would be a great event for for them. You know, um, you know, a lot of a lot of families consider coming to Disney World on vacation almost a rite of passage. And you know, mom is usually into it. Dad may not be. We hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, although there, are, and I know there are certainly guys out there who's who are really into Disney and their wives aren't. But I think yeah, this isn't a judgment. Right, this is no judgment yeah. at all. But uh, I, I just think that you know, I would have thought it would have been bigger. It would because I remember you talking to me on on Friday and just being really, really disappointed in it. Yeah, no, I I, I was disappointed, and the thing that aggravated me the most was these guys were carrying these duffel bags full of stuff, and they were hoping that they were going to get someone to sign something, and. It, it just. Oh, you mean you mean uh, uh, visitors, visitors would come into the park, and you know, like Soap Weekend, they try to get autographs of their soap. I, I can equate this. If you go to see a show in New York, there's always the guy standing outside of the stage door who has a stack of thirty eight by tens that he shoves in someone's face to sign, and you know it's a resale thing. That's different from the kid who's standing there with an autograph book and the baseball he brought. I mean, the, the people with the, the backpacks and the duffel bags full of stuff, you just know what they're trying to do yeah, with it. It's a money-making eBay, thing. Yeah. Yeah. And but, I can understand why someone would not want to. But you know what? You set up a, a limit where, you know, we'll you, you give out things, tickets. Right. You, give, you give out tickets in order to get online, and I mean, you make it difficult for people. There are ways Disney could make that difficult, I think, just to not have them not sign anything and be kind of arrogant about it is uh, maybe one of the reasons why nobody shows up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, some of the things, like ESPN Radio, they did shows from there. They, Mike and Mike, they actually went uh, Thursday. They were at the ESPN uh, club over in uh, Boardwalk. Uh, and I have, from people that were there, it, it wasn't jammed. I mean, you couldn't, you could have got in. Wow. You know? And then they had the dream job, which uh, I have to admit, I didn't go to that or stump the sh- Schwab. And those were both in the Drew Stump Carey. the Schwab. Yeah, it's, it's something. I don't want to Isn't tell you what that Howie? sounds it's like to like me. A, it's a trivia thing that people try to stump. Well, who's the Schwab? I, I didn't get Isn't his first name Howie? Am I wrong? Howie Schwab, maybe. Uh, but those are the things. I mean, Drew Carey Theater is another example. They shut that down for the, for the weekend, so people that were touring the yeah, park itself. Yeah, that's not a major loss. Yeah, yeah well, anyway. But... You know, like I said, the skill area, there were a lot of things going on over there. I got to put my footprint in the steps of a couple of uh, basketball stars and judge how how big uh, the boot is compared to them, and I pretty well stacked up. I just think it would be better if there were actual stars, you know, playing with these kids, you know, in the crowd. But there's yeah. not that. That's not going on, right? I mean, well, you also get the impression that sport, these sports stars are a little full of themselves. You and think? don't uh, don't think they have to interact like you said. You know where the, the soap the soap opera stars are they, they're bucking for ratings. They're yeah. happy to have their fans exactly. come and want their and, autograph. And they did the interviews? I mean, they did interviews up on the stage near the hat, but it was you know maybe twenty minutes. They and not did. taking questions though from the audience. Well, they, were they? they had them out there with questions. Oh, yeah, they but, did. Uh, 
I thought it was all lame. I, when Mercury Morris got up on stage and started talking about how the the Miami Dolphins were so much better than the Patriots season, and it, it, I couldn't get out of the range of the microphone fast enough to just not hear him talking. He's, he was just all over himself. See, Super Soap Weekend just seems boring to me. Well, That's me, though. You know, I took I just, Diana, and she had a great time. I took her to some of the – they had the stage set up and the, the people, and so she wants to go back again. So Hold on a second, Bob. But that actually, Corey, bring, puts a thought into my head. You're somebody – you follow sports. You enjoy sports. And I've uh, never been to ESPN on the weekend. <laughs> would, but would that be different if there were major, let's say, quote-unquote, major sports celebrities? Is that something that would compel you to go? Maybe. What if the New Orleans Saints were signing autographs? Well, Drew, Drew Brees was there. He's a quarterback Brees, yeah. of uh, New Orleans Saints. I still didn't go. Oh, if it was somebody from LSU, though, the Tigers. He'd be there with bells on. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> that would make him easier so, to find. Okay, well, here's, a, here's another question. Anything to do with college sports there? I, I didn't see I it. wonder if they, you know, because I know college, college football in particular is very popular. I wonder if maybe that would draw larger crowds for them if they kind of expanded a little bit to include some of that. Or even if some of the college game day, they, they might have had some, the college game day personalities that... Uh, they may know. have. I mean, it's... The, the list of athletes doesn't impress me. You looked at the list too, Corey. You know, th- there were a few that jumped out at me. Like, yeah, there's a know, couple Drew of the... Brees, there's a couple of the, uh, the Giants players. Cal Ripken Jr. That were, that were there. And again, Regina, it has nothing to do with the Patriots not winning. <laughs> Now, I also wonder, too, if this has something to do with promotion. Super Soap Weekend, this is uh, ties in with ABC. There's an awful lot of promotion going on. There's uh, stuff goes on on The View. So there's a lot of talk of this during prior to this. I don't remember seeing anything except for one commercial about ESPN The Weekend. I, I thought about that, John, but ESPN is owned by Disney, too. Right. And, you know... We're not watching a lot of ESPN but I'm saying, either. But I'm saying there was no cross-promotion to ABC. Yeah. There was no cross-promotion to... Well, yeah, it wouldn't be appropriate on The View, though. I just... You know, you'd really see Barbara Walters saying, go to ESPN the weekend at Disney World. I if, mean. If, if Disney wants you to know something, they don't care where who fits yeah, or doesn't that's, fit. That's true. You know? I mean, the kids' skills area was really nice, and uh, I thought that was good for the kids. And But... The thing on stage, it was lame. So, Well, now talk to us about the uh, switching gears completely here. Um, talk to us about what's going on at Epcot with the uh, the trash. The trash, okay. Because you've been dying to talk about this I've for a couple of weeks. I've been dying for a couple of weeks now. There's a new thing over at the uh, Interventions East, and it's – I've got to get my papers – that's where the it's like promises is Malibu. I, at least, I, folks, at least three trees have died to bring you this segment, okay? Because Bob has, again, a pile of papers. But, um, okay, I, I can do it. They have put... <laughs> I, I don't, we have faith in you too, Bob. <laughs> they have put a new exhibit in, in Interventions East. Uh, in <laughs> of... Ventions. He even stops and thinks about it and says it wrong. Let's do it together. In, in ter- no. ventions. There's no term. It doesn't matter. We know where it is. Anyway, they have an, an area that they've set aside that they actually brought in a full-size trash truck from the waste management, uh, big green truck, mm-hmm. and they put it inside in, in the area, and 
what you do is interventions you, is a good place for a trash truck. Yeah. So what generally it is, speaking, what it's basically basically trying to do is teach you about what happens with trash. Okay. First thing, you go to your first station, and you go as a group. So say you're a family of four. You go in, and you'll answer the questions that they ask you about how much trash you generate, uh, different kinds of trash. They'll ask you how, much, how many days you get newspapers or soda or, and stuff like that. So they get this, this basic number of how much trash you generate. Okay. Once you're finished with that, then they have a cast member go over and they have a docking station, and they have this miniature trash truck that has a, a push handle on the back. It, it looks like a, a, a kid's small grocery cart, mm-hmm. but it's a, a trash truck. And they give you the trash truck, and they, they instruct you to go over to your first area, and I believe that was the sorting area. And you drive the trash truck over to the sorting area, you put it in your docking station, and then there's, there's four screens, and if there's four of you, each one stands in front of their screen, and you start sorting trash. And you put it in the chute for, say you're doing cans and I'm doing newspapers, and the stuff comes down the chute, and you have to start sorting it. So if a newspaper comes down for me, you shoot it over to me, and I shoot it No, are these the touch screens that you're they're doing? All touch, they're all touch screens. And... Uh, so you sort that out, and it gives you a number of how well you did sorting your trash. So it, it gives it, for kids, it, it teaches them what you do with, you know, they, how they sort the trash. And then they take you to a second area that actually uh, you drive your truck over, you dock it, and it it has you it tell you about the uh, burning the trash into uh, fuel and. There's wet trash and dry trash, and you've got to keep the fire from getting... Like, two of you would go up top and control this uh, hook that comes down and grabs the trash and throws it in the fire. And the other two people are controlling the uh, uh, tractor or or whatever it is that brings the trash into the area. Okay, forgive me for a second. I'm sorry, Julie. I was going to say, is this like a furnace they're burning it in? Because you're not supposed to burn your trash. That's really bad for the environment. Well, they have the... Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm well, like, you shouldn't a, be in your a, backyard burning your trash. No, it's, it's not in the backyard. It's at a waste treatment okay, plant. Okay, good. So you have the four of you using all this stuff, and it's all touchscreen again. And so you get a score for that. And then you go to the third place, which is the landfill. And you're actually, they teach you how to do the landfill. Okay, I'm sorry. It was I, good. Uh, I'm going to have to take your word for that, Bob, because I'll like sitting. Well, let's go to the landfill now. <laughs> Disney's landfill resort. But I mean, it, it teaches you. What is. This is why Epcot's considered boring by yeah, some. Really? You show me a kid that's going to enjoy this. They're hoping kids will take up a profession in waste management, I guess. Well, I mean, well, and not that there's anything wrong with a profession in waste management, but I don't know that that makes for good entertainment at Disney right. World. Or you should have to pay $70 to be trained for it. I but, think waste management is just paying a lot of money to Epcot so they can get some name recognition. Well, they're trying to teach you how to think green. Okay, that's part of the thing. And just to to ramble on here, uh, after you, you take your trash truck to the end, you dock it, and then you, you actually get a screen that you get to print out a c- 
congratulations. Uh, you've passed the certificate thing that you en- end up sending. Okay, this is the it. stuff you email to us. Yeah. yeah, this is something I printed out for uh, my team and how we did. We sorted it five out of six right. We, we were 16 out of 16 for fuel burn. And then landfill, we were 16 out of 16. So, I mean, it's a fun thing for teaching kids. I'm, all, I'm always about trying to teach the kids something. And interventions is <laughs> the best place for that. I really it's do. all about teaching the kids. It's all about teaching the kids. I'm all about teaching the kids. <laughs> for but, those of you who aren't interested, soaring is just a little bit further. Yeah, really? Walk another five minutes and you'll have a much, no, much more entertaining it, experience. It, what it part of it did you do with the mob and having to sort out the mob issues? And yeah, really? Where you find the bodies? Did you find Jimmy Hoffa? I thought it was very interactive and very, That's New Jersey Waste Management. So... You know, I didn't All see right. Jimmy Hoffer in there or anything. But I'm glad you enjoyed it. And he's got a nice little certificate for himself. I'm sure he's going to hang it up on his refrigerator when he gets home. Uh, I can't put it on the wall here. I'm sorry. The only thing that Interventions is good for is it's air-conditioned. No, there's stuff Interventions in used to be really cool when Sega had that. Back in the day when Sega had that huge exhibit there and you could play all the games and it was really cool. That was a lot of fun. You could test well, the segways. You, we, did, we actually, that same day, we did the segway. Diana and I. Not segway. Sega. Sega as in video games. Yeah, I know. I'm changing the subject now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but they do have an area that has video games that you can try out still over there. Interventions West, they have the fire truck, and they, they actually teach the kids what to do if there's a fire in the house. And I think that's cool, and they have a full fire truck. Well, so, I, I think there's a lot of things in, in there that are Worth going to take okay. the kids into, and you know, people can judge. For it themselves. sounds like something you would see in the Orlando Science and Museum as soon as, for free. And then, and then, of yeah. course, as soon as uh, as soon as they're done the with that, way. they have the uh, complimentary cream spinach at the end of the uh, at the end of the experience. No, no, they get the certificate, and then you go home. But it sounds like you know, want to just have an ex- exhibit where you make kids eat vegetables. No, we're definitely <laughs> going over to Epcot. This so we'll we'll <laughs> check it out. We'll check it out. But thank you very much, Bob, okay. for that. All right, we are going to move on to my review of the Contemporary. And uh, some of you may remember that my last visit to the Contemporary in July of 2006 was not exactly a, uh, a positive experience. As a matter of fact, it was the single worst experience on Disney property that I've ever had in all the times I've stayed in all the different resorts. I had never, ever seen one of their hotels so poorly managed and so poorly run. And I think on more than one occasion, I may have may have mentioned that on the show. Uh, however, if any of you are tuning in to listen to this review in hopes that there is going to be a long rant about the contemporary, you are going to be disappointed. Because they really, honest to God, they didn't give me very much to complain about. One of the, uh, one of the problems we had, one of the big problems I saw last time was what I think, what I referred to as an endemic issue with their cast and the training they were obviously getting. They were disaffected, they were uh, nasty in some cases, and certainly not very responsive. Uh, The rooms had just been renovated, and I was staying on the concierge floor. Concierge staff was was pretty much two shades of useless. And it was clear to me, it was very, very clear to me these people were not being trained properly, that the resort was being run 
based resting on its laurels that it was a walking distance to the Magic Kingdom and that was it. And that the level of service you got wasn't going to matter. And that certainly was not evident uh, anywhere uh, on this trip. It was not by decision, it was not intentional that we started off with the contemporary. It just kind of worked out that way in terms of how we were booking things. And uh, I really did have to spend a good month trying to, like, you know, get myself psyched into a mindset of, okay, I'm going to go in there fair, I'm going to go in there kind of putting that bad experience aside and really look at it on its merits and try and look at it from the standpoint. Uh, we're doing this with all the reviews, all the hotel reviews we're doing. Look at it from the standpoint of our, of our visitors and our listeners. What kind of experience are they going to have? So in doing that, we're not utilizing any like travel agent rates or anything like that to do this. We're getting the same rates that are generally available to anybody. In this particular case, we, uh, we, had, it, we had secured a annual pass holder rate, which was for a room in the garden wing, a standard room in the garden wing, and that was going to be $370 a night, which I thought was a little pricey. Oh, I'm sorry, $350 a night, which I thought was going to be was a little pricey, but okay. And as I'd mentioned earlier in the show, my partner Walter had to have an emergency appendectomy last week. We were supposed to check into the hotel on Monday, and as a result of his surgery, I didn't check in until Tuesday. Making that change cost $120 a night extra to be added to this reservation. We lost the annual pass holder rate, and the CRO agent that uh, we were talking to was not the least bit interested in hearing what the reason for the change was. Nothing was gonna, nothing was going to be done about it, so... The $350 a night room became $470 a night, and that is what my review is based on. All right, so to start out, we, uh, we arrived at the hotel around, uh, it was about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I think, John, yep. to check in. And check-in was flawless. This was one of the problems we'd had a, a few years ago. The check-in process was, uh, was brutal, and the agent was pretty nasty. This time, that was not the case. We, uh, we actually threw a couple of curveballs, too. Uh, decided to add a night to the stay uh, to see what how she would how well she could handle that and we also uh, I also wasn't happy with the room assignment they had me on the third floor of the garden wing and I wanted to be on the first floor the first floor rooms in the garden wing have a patio but the second and third floors do not they have no balcony no patios no nothing so I wanted to have the patio and she was able to take care of that for us instantly uh, without any issues, the entire thing from the moment we walked up to the time we had our keys and were walking away took all of 10 minutes. She was very nice. She was very professional. She was obviously obviously knew her job. And so we have no complaints there whatsoever. The real surprise for me was walking into the room. The rooms are gorgeous. Yeah. I can't, I, I, I really, it, it, it almost pains me to say this. Because I've, I have despised the contemporary for the last two years. But those rooms are absolutely stunning. The, 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 new, the new decor. And I'll tell you this. That my room, the room I had in, in July of 2006, had been quote-unquote rehabbed. But it didn't look like that. No. It did not look like that. Um, this has uh, this is a, a lot of earth tones. A lot of very subtle earth tones. Browns, tans, mochas. Uh, the uh, the olive carpet, uh, nice jade green on the uh, uh, on the. Uh, um, <laughs> Talking about the bathroom counter. No, the uh, 
Sounds like two words. The, the, the sofa, the sleeper sofa. sofa. That's what I'm going for. This wow, sleep. boy, I had a Bob moment there. See, spending too much time with you, it's like a disease. Well, you had a good time. <laughs> and uh, admit it. No. Okay. Fury of mice and men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the rabbits. Can I bet the rabbits, George? Uh, <laughs> And so, I mean, and these, and, and it just, it all, it all blended together so nicely. And really, I mean, from just walking in the room, that first impression I got with the color scheme and the way everything was laid out and how spacious the room was, it really surprised me how big the room was, was a very nice surprise. And one of the, re, one of the ways they opened these rooms up is they took out the armoires that are pretty much standard issue in most, most Disney hotels, most hotels in general, and replaced it with, you know, a, a a built-in flat-screen television in the wall that just made so much more space and it just made it so much more open mm. that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm guessing, I'm, I'm eyeballing the room saying it's probably, it was probably about a 400-square-foot room, so it was a decent size. And the bedding was terrific, was absolutely terrific. The pillow-top beds and the, the comforters, the pillows, the sheets... Really, really, really comfortable. And that's something I'm really picky about. I can't sleep. I, I have trouble sleeping in strange beds. And I had no issue whatsoever. The minute my head hit the pillow, I was out. And that's really, really unusual for me. Yeah, that was one of the big things you mentioned. You were really surprised I was the shocked. mattress. I was shocked about how, how good the quality of the mattresses were. Because that was not, honestly, let's, say, let's face it, for years, that's not something Disney was known for. The mattresses in Disney hotels could be pretty brutal. Mm. And they've obviously stepped up their game in that regard. The bathroom in this room was a religious experience. I'm sorry. It's gorgeous. The uh, marble floors, the uh, marble enclosure in the showers, um, the separate uh, toilet area that was all marble, really beautiful Kohler sinks, the nice flat Kohler sinks. I mean, whoever, whoever did the design work, on these rooms really, really did a great job. They took everything into account, and what they did is they took it from that contemporary Jetsons on acid look that it used to be and brought it to a more contemporary but elegant look, which is, a, is just a, a much, more, much more appealing to me. See, I, and, and I also have to say that, generally speaking, the whole contemporary look is not my style. I like warm and intimate. I don't like the big and cold and I mean, the contemporary definitely has, especially in the in the concourse, has that big, cold, sterile feeling to it. So that's not really my thing. But these rooms, these rooms were done, like I said, with a very contemporary style, but very warm, very comfortable. And for me, you know, what, what I ultimately gauge a room on is how comfortable is this room to come back to after a day of you know walking through the parks. You know, you walk just got done walking three or four miles in the in Florida heat, and how does it, you know, how comfortable is this room to come back to? And boy, I'll tell you, very, very comfortable. To come back from the, all that and, and fall into that bed was, was a pleasure. So the room I give extremely high marks to. Um, and I also give extremely high marks to housekeeping. I, I tested them out pretty good. Oh, wait, no, the only one thing I do have to say, though, about the bathroom was that when I checked in, there was a film of soaps, of like soap scum, I guess, on the... Uh, the marble around the shower. It hadn't, obviously hadn't been wiped down. But the second day, they had done it. And I hadn't mentioned anything. So I guess somebody just missed it that one day. 
But subsequent days, it was clear that it had all been wiped down. Everything had been cleaned. And what, now, what I do with housekeeping when I go to review a hotel, um, I I throw stuff on the floor in like weird places to see if they catch it. She caught everything. She caught everything I sent. The other thing that really impressed me about housekeeping and in the room in general is that the the, uh, uh, the the rooms in the contemporary have this new. I think this Disney is testing this out called online concierge. There's a computer in the room. It's a self-contained unit. The monitor and the CPU are in one. It has a keyboard with a trackpad similar to what you'd have on a laptop. And from this location, you can quest housekeeping, uh, request bell services and valet, and you can also order room service. And so I, we, we tried this out. I, as soon as I got into the room, I, I went and I clicked on bell services, typed in the receipt number, for my uh, bell services tag and I'm not kidding it could not have been 30 seconds from the time I clicked submit until the time the phone rang this is bell services just want to confirm that uh, you placed a request for your for your bags I'm like oh come on that's ridiculous I mean 30 seconds it really it was that quick and my bags were at my room in about 10 minutes hmm. and now housekeeping what I did was I you know, you, you go into the housekeeping area, and there's all sorts of things you can ask for: extra towels, extra pillows. I asked for extra shampoos, conditioners, and I said, "Just bring me as much as you can." Within 15 minutes, housekeeping was there, and this woman had a massive bag of H2O products, like 20 of everything. Wow. So we have uh, I pass some around uh, the room. <laughs> Everybody this is, used the hand lotion. It smells really good. It's great. I'll tell you, the, you know, one, of the th- the other, one of the other things I complained about in my last contemporary review was how can they charge $500 a night for a hotel room and put that crappy Mickey shampoo in there? And last year, they switched over from that to, to these H2O products. And now it's not the same H2O products in every resort as we found out. The Grand Floridian has the spa product, the H2O spa, the... Uh, the deluxe, other deluxe resorts have the H2O Aquatics, and then the Moderate and the Values have... Uh, H2O Plus. H2O Plus. And... The Values just have H2O. They just put water in bottles. <laughs> water, yeah. <laughs> water, in a ba- water in a washcloth. We had the, uh, the H2O Aquatics. And I got to say, it's probably in the upper tier of in-room toiletries that I've had in any of the hotels I've stayed in. Uh, the Surf and Sand still holds the, uh, the prize for having the Avita products in the room, but this has to be a close second because I, I was actually using this stuff, and I normally don't. I normally go with my own, my own shampoo and conditioner, my own stuff, but I use this, and I loved it, and I've actually already ordered <laughs> from, uh, from the H2L website. I've ordered more of it because, the lo- like you said, the lotion, the, uh, the hand soap, is like is almost like a body butter. It's like really lathery and it's great. So that was a really nice change. And uh, so housekeeping was very responsive. They did a great job cleaning the room. They caught everything I threw on the floor, and everything was done very well. I'll use this opportunity because my mother will yell at me if I don't. My mother used to be uh, a housekeeping manager for a hotel. Always tip your housekeepers. Absolutely. They are one of the. They are. They are really forgotten about. You know, everybody tips the bellman. Everybody tips the valet. Everybody tips room service, but everybody forgets about housekeeping because you're not there when they're in the room. 
I had at least a $5 bill on my pillow every day I was there. Um, it's usually customary, I think, to leave a, at least a couple of dollars. But if you're like, you know, if you're flaming pigs, you know, think about that. Think, look at the room before you leave and say, okay, she's got to do a lot of work here. Here's 10 bucks. But no, no towel animals, no, none of that. Uh, that's okay with me. That's very Blair Witch Project anyway. No, I think that's cute. I think that's cute. But one of the things I did notice about the contemporary was that it's uh, everybody, you know, they always ask you, are you here on business? No, I'm here on vacation. And they acted surprised. Like, okay, I'm sorry. This is Disney World, right? But this is a very big convention hotel. And uh, that kind of brings up a point that I mentioned in my blog entry uh, yesterday was that you have a convention hotel. That means there are going to be conventioneers there. And sometimes conventioneers don't behave like adults. They're letting off steam. They're getting drunk. And they're getting, in some cases, inappropriate. There was some stuff going on in the fourth floor concourse in that area that I didn't think should necessarily be going on in the Disney Hotel. But something to keep in mind if you're going to be staying at the Contemporary. That, that was something that disturbed me. Uh, now, the transportation that we use getting to and from uh, the parks, well, we walked to the Magic Kingdom and we took the monorail hmm. over to Epcot. And the monorail to Epcot in the morning... <laughs> took us 25 minutes 25 minutes not counting the time from the room which was another 13 okay so, so 38 minutes so door to door was 38 minutes using the monorail in the morning going to epcot coming and back i just want to say that when we walked in the concourse we walked right on to the monorail the monorail was there so waiting so it could be another 10 or 15 minutes on top of that depending on the time you arrive at the Right. And the reason we mention this is because I think a lot of people think, oh, the monorail's right there. You know, I'm going to be, I can be in the park in, in a half an hour. Well, it may, you know, it's still going to take you, you, you still have to budget at least an hour, to even taking the monorail going to Epcot. Yep. Because and, by the time you get through security and have your bags checked and go through the ticket, it's, it's going to be pretty close to an hour that you're talking about. Exactly. Now, coming back from Epcot, it took us 50 minutes to get from Epcot to the Contemporary. We had to, A, we had to wait for a monorail at Epcot, and B, you have to make a lot more stops coming back. You're stopping at all the other hotels before you get to the Contemporary. Right. It's and four extra stops. It's four extra stops coming back. So that certainly adds a lot more. You want to consider that, especially if you're leaving at uh, park closing when the crowds are going to be heavy, and everybody who's staying at any of the monorail resorts is going to be getting on the same monorail you are. So you have to, you have to allow for at least an hour and a half, I think, absolutely uh, coming back to your hotel, depending on what time, on what time you're leaving yeah, and what the crowds are I, like. I've, it's taken me some, on a couple of occasions almost an hour to get around uh, from one side to the other uh, using the monorail. It just depends if you have to wait for two. Sometimes you wait for three monorails. However, that monorail ride from Epcot Ticket and Transportation Ticket and Transportation Center to and from Epcot is one of the best rides in the park. Yeah, yeah. In my opinion, that's better than Primeval. And once you get on the monorail and it starts, that's a consistent time. Right. Frame. Yeah, and, and you know it is. It is a great ride going from the TTC over to Epcot because you, you end up going like into Future World and around Spaceship Earth. And I I managed to get up into the front the front car doing that but the windshield in that car was so filthy and disgusting that's a surprise Especially, was that in the morning yes yeah. <laughs> well it wasn't something 
it was like worn and scratched. Scratched. It wasn't yeah. something they could just clean off. And I said to the uh, monorail driver, "When are they going to? Uh, when are they? You know, when are they going to spring for a new windshield?" He goes, "We keep being told it's on the list." I'm like, "What are they short of cash?" <laughs> I mean. <laughs> There's something weird about the atmosphere in Florida. This I've never done this anyplace else. We've at, we've had to have our uh, headlights buffed out. The high grade plastic that they put over the headlights. There's something about the humidity in the sun in Florida that clouds your headlight covers. Yeah. And I, I think, think that, that's what's happened with the monorail. I yeah. think the monorail windshield is plastic, not glass, and I think that's why you're seeing that happen. Yeah. I think it's all the kids pressing their face up against it. I don't know. We've, we've been trying to get a, a video of going from uh, transportation to Epcot for I don't know how long, and every time it either rains or the windshield's dirty, and we just haven't been able to do it. And so Should have hung your head out the window. Yeah, I wish. It's my favorite ride in the park. So transportation, you have you have the monorail uh, that will take you to Epcot, and the transportation and ticket center, which is where you can get buses pretty anywhere else on property. From the transportation and ticket center, you can get buses going to any of the resorts, downtown Disney, or any of the other theme parks. There are no, there is no bus service going from the Contemporary to Epcot. You have to use the monorail, and of course, there's no bus service to the Magic Kingdom because it's a right, you it's, know, five minute walk, and. Uh, that that was that is really cool. That's a huge selling point, honestly. Being able to just get up in the morning, and because like you know, uh, we wanted to be there at eight o'clock. We 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 went for an early morning yeah. uh, opening, and so we wanted to be there at eight o'clock. You know, I was able to get out of bed at about seven, and take a shower, get my stuff together, walk out of the room at about seven thirty, seven forty, and was in the Magic Kingdom for eight o'clock. So that's pretty cool. And I understand why a lot of people will will pay the premium to stay there in order to have that perk. Um, I don't think it's four hundred and seventy dollars a night <laughs> worth it for, especially for a Garden View room. But it was a very very cool feature. I just want to mention that if you are going to the Magic Kingdom, you do have the option of taking the monorail. But just remember that from the Contemporary, you're going to make four stops. To get to the Magic Kingdom, you're going to stop at the Poly- Polynesian. You're going to stop at Grand Floridian. Yeah, anybody and who's it- going to take the monorail to go to the Magic Kingdom from the Contemporary, unless there's a, a physical limitation that's requiring you to do it, you're crazy. You're crazy. It's a literal five-minute, ten-minute walk. Yeah. However, I think coming back at the end of the evening... Getting you're the, the first stop. Yes. Yeah, you're that's the, a little different. You're tired. Right. Kids are cranky. Get on the monorail. You're the first stop. I agree. And, you know... But they stop at the transportation center, so that's your fourth stop is Magic Kingdom. So, in the morning, it's going to be crowded, and everyone's going there. So, it's also, and I, I hate to, to slow down your review. It's also a very pretty walk. They've landscaped it beautifully. They've got those um, topiaries that are just gorgeous. So it's really well. A it's pleasant. pretty. It's pretty once you get past the construction of the DVC wing that they're building. Yeah. Um, yeah. But and that's the other thing I had to say that there's a lot of construction going on. Being in the hotel, you'd never know it. Mm. You would never know it. We didn't hear it. Um, from where I was, we didn't see it. Well, we did see it, but it's really, it just, it, it was almost a non issue. I was concerned about that. I was concerned whether the construction was going to be loud and obnoxious during the day. It really wasn't. It really wasn't at all. So, now discussing some of the dining options that you have at the Contemporary. Uh, first and foremost, you have the grab and go, which is their quick service. 
location. This is a temporary location. They're going to be opening up a Chef Mickey's Express in the location where the Concourse Steakhouse is now. The Concourse Steakhouse is going away at the end of May. And in early June, they're going to be opening up a new restaurant downstairs called The Wave. Uh, from what I was told, most of the menu from the Concourse Steakhouse is going to go downstairs, which is good. They really, if, if there's a suggestion I can make to Disney, if they're listening, do not mess with that kitchen. That is a great restaurant. We had a great meal at the we Concourse did. Steakhouse. I've never had a bad meal there. And those honey chicken wings. Oh, God. You, you uh, were no, all that, over that, that, oh, my, oh, 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 no. You have no idea what a pig. You went back and what ordered more, right? I went back and ordered a lot more. I, brought, I not only ordered more, I had them to go to bring back to the room. Yeah. Because I just the thought of being without them for too long... No, I just and then he scattered the bones around for the housekeeper. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was oh, those, his, that was his test. Those wings were those wings were out of this world. Where did those all were those absolutely chicken wing bones world. come from? So the, you have the grab and go, and you can pick up some. Uh, you pick up sandwiches and pizza, sodas, juices, milk, things like that in the afternoon and in, in the evening. And uh, let me say, you know, I, I think I had mentioned on the show that I needed to, uh, or at least mentioned in the blog. That due to some medical issues that have come up with me in the last couple of months, I'm really having to watch my diet and start eating uh, much, much healthier than I have for most of my adult life. And I really thought this was going to be the impossible task, staying on Disney property. It was effortless to stay on my diet, effortless. And I'm not on any special diet. I'm just trying to watch you know, low-fat, low-sodium, uh, low-sugar and trying to eat more fresh, whole grains, fruits, salads, vegetables, things like that. The sandwiches were fresh and delicious. The salads were incredibly good. I mean, really, very good. Everything was fresh. Nothing in there felt like it was pre-processed. And talking five seventy-nine for a tuna sandwich, mm. which really isn't that bad. No, that's not bad. And you know, about the same for a salad. They had a Cobb salad there as well. In the morning, they have these great little uh, quick breakfast things. It's scrambled eggs with cheddar cheese in a bread bowl. And it's something you could literally carry with you as, like, as you're walking to the Magic Kingdom and eat on your way if you really just wanted a, something quick. And I had one of those with uh, some skim milk, orange juice, an apple, and a bottle of water. I think it cost me 12 bucks. 12 bucks, yeah. So really and truly, that's a, it's a nice option. They've got some nice healthy options there as well as, you know, like I said, pizzas and pastries and all that other stuff if, you, if you're into that. So that was very good. Uh, the other dining option, one of the other dining options there is Chef Mickey's, which I dragged all of these guys to at 7 o'clock on Wednesday morning, which was, uh, I mean, what were your impressions of it? It was 7 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> now, you, can, you have to admit, I think we were pretty good. I don't think anybody was cranky no, or no, miserable. No, not really. We, we even made jokes <laughs> about what were. we're going to do to Regina. We were quiet about it. Well, I mean, we weren't as rambunctious as usual, but I, I didn't have... I a, think it's because the food was good. That was, yeah, that's basically what I'm asking. Yeah. What did you guys think of the food? The food was good, and I, I kind of watched other people in the restaurant to see... And they watched kinda, you, too. Well, they did, but they were all having a good time. I mean... The whole restaurant was... Food was decent. The character interaction, character interaction was, was superb. Was really we good. talked about this when we did the review. Right. The food, is, the food is decent, but it's secondary. 
I think most people are there to see the characters. I was there. It's a decent, it's a decent well, price for the food, I think, and for mm-hmm. the whole experience. And I think we had a really good server. They had a lot of options, too. I think, right. I think from. one important thing about a server for me is someone who judges their audience. She wasn't ridiculous. She wasn't you know, on top of it's us. the mark of a good server. Right. So she was a really good server. The characters were great. They came over and they didn't, you know... They understand what we were there for, sort of. It wasn't like there were kids at the table to, mm-hmm. to pay attention to. So, all in all, I thought it was a very good experience. Now, Chef Mickey's is open for breakfast and dinner. If you don't want to sit through a character meal for breakfast and you don't want grab-and-go, the Concourse Steakhouse is also open for breakfast, but they also serve lunch and dinner as well. And uh, as I mentioned, the Concourse Steakhouse, just you want a really, you just want a nice steak. And I'm not going to say this is this is the best steak I've ever had, it's not. It's a it's a slightly less grade of beef, I think, that they're using. But they're also not charging uh, what a, a primary steakhouse it would charge. Charging. Exactly. Right. So the price is reflective of what you're getting. But what you're getting is incredibly well prepared. And the service we got in the Concourse Steakhouse. He was amazing. He was. What was his name? Allie. Allie. Oh, Will on, Will on, on the job there. Allie was... Uh, from Vietnam. He was amazing. He had so much great information. He'd been working there since the uh, resort opened. So he was a, he was a pro. He was a pro. And you'll, you will find some of them at the, at the Contemporary, some of those guys at the Contemporary that have been there since, since day one. And uh, although he didn't look old enough to me, no. but, but maybe he, he just he was, wears it well. He was excited about the new restaurant. Oh, very excited. Very, very excited about the wave. And it sounds like it's going to be really cool. He said there was going to be an, uh, the entranceway was going to be kind of like Space Mountain with that uh, the neon and the the, walk, the yeah, tunnel, and you walk through it. You walk through the tunnel. So, so it should be pretty cool to see what they do with that. And that's going to be opening in uh, that's going to be opening in early June, and they're going to close the concourse at the end of May. And what am I? Oh, and then of course the other dining location, which we did not do this trip, was uh, the California Grill up on the fifteenth floor. Yeah. And uh, that has a reputation as being one of the better restaurants. Have we reviewed that yet? Yes. We have. Okay. So, and did you like it? Very much. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's short attention span theater with me, folks. Um, did you have a chance to check out the sand bar? The pool? You know, Bob walked over there yeah. uh, to check them out, and he said that the, uh, the hot dogs looked like they had been there since the park opened. Yeah, that was around 5 um, o'clock in the afternoon. Vintage I, hot dogs. Yeah, yeah, like from 1971. Around one of those hot dog spinner things, and it just... Yeah, it was, so, and again, there was nothing there really that I could eat yeah. and not feel pain, so... The only, I found one issue that I found was in the pool area the first day I did my walkthrough, and there were there were a whole bunch of leaves on the bottom of the pool, which I don't think should have been there. They should have, you know... Vacuumed and there were like five lifeguards five just hanging around the pool. Nobody was doing anything to get rid of the leaves. But I did go back the next day, and, and the pool didn't have that problem. But I just thought it was really weird. Five people standing around. You, can't, you don't see the leaves in the bottom of the pool. Now, just a, a couple of tips I want to make before I wrap my review up. Um, if you are not lucky enough to get a, um, a Magic Kingdom view room, uh, you can watch the fireworks from a, a viewing area on the fourth floor on the far end of the concourse. It's a nice big patio out there. They have some benches. That's also a place to go smoke if you're a smoker and you want to have a cigarette. Uh, there are ashtrays out there. 
Um, we also found on the third floor, kind of hidden somewhere, yeah. there is a soda machine that charges a dollar twenty-five for sodas, as opposed ounce. to two yep. for twenty-ounce sodas, as opposed to two fifty everywhere else. These are near the administrative offices and right around where the salon is on the third floor. And so I think that's why it's uh, because the administrative offices are up there. They're charging be. their mm-hmm. cast members a dollar twenty-five, but making us pay two fifty. Well, we had heard that the convention ears had uh, a uh, vending machine on the on the second floor and. Will and I went walking the whole second floor, and we didn't find one at all. So we just went up to the uh, health club to look at that, and Will just happened to look down the hallway and find it. So there's a vending machine for the the sodas, and then there's another one for chips. I think the chips bags of chips were like ninety cents, right? Right. And you the candy that. bars were a dollar, dollar twenty five, and they had some. Uh, those power bars that you could get, I think those were on the high t- dollar twenty-five. So take a take a walk up there because all the vending machines and all the room areas on the walkway, uh, they're all two fifty for the same one. Those vending machines are going to be empty from now on. <laughs> Price is going to be seven dollars. <laughs> now a couple of something else that was uh, notable. Uh, I was mentioning the tuna fish sandwiches before, which I thought were delicious. That I picked up in the grab and go that were five seventy nine plus tax. And I noticed on the room service menu that they were offering a tuna fish sandwich for eleven eleven ninety nine, and I'm like, I wonder what the difference is. So I ordered it. There is absolutely no difference between these sandwiches. They are the exact same sandwiches. In fact, on my blog post, you'll see side by side the pictures I took of these two sandwiches. The only difference being one comes on a plate and has a little tiny thing of like a. Uh, you can either have chips or a, a pasta and vegetable salad with it. Um, the price of the room service after you get done with the 18% gratuity and the $3 trip charge, that tuna fish sandwich was $18 versus, versus, a, little over, versus a little over $6 for the one you could pick up at the grab-and-go. So uh, that, to me, is room service is just a huge ripoff. I think the room service tuna was free-range tuna. I think that's why it was a little more money. Okay, sorry. Um, and one of the other, th- you know, one of the other complaints that I'd had about uh, about the- I-, I had several complaints about the cast the last time I stayed there. Uh, for example, Bell Services uh, not giving any information about what's going on, about where you can, you know, telling people where they can get buses while they're bringing the bags to your room or when they come to your room to answer and see if you have any questions. That was something we noticed the Universal Hotels were doing regularly and didn't happen at all at the Contemporary. That was not the case this time. Uh, Bell Service, the, the Bellman was very, very uh, informative, asked if I was there on business or vacation. I said vacation, so he was going over all this stuff. Even though I knew it, I wanted to hear his spiel. Very friendly, very informed. Uh, the other thing that I noticed, and this, and this is where I saw that they've actually started doing some real training with their cast members over there. I was When I went and had breakfast at the grab-and-go, I had gotten a croissant as well, and I wanted some butter for my croissant. And all they had out in the condiments area was buttery spread, which I don't use that, that nonsense. It's nasty. And I remember I picked it up and I'm like, ugh, buttery spread, ugh, and I threw it back. And I wasn't, I wasn't even aware that a cast member was around. And there was. And she came up to me and she goes, would you like some real butter? And I said, that would be great. And she says, salted or unsalted? 
Wow. And I said, unsalted. And she went in the, in the back in the kitchen and came out with a huge pat of, of butter for me. That those little details were absolutely devoid of my experience last time. And they were plentiful and abundant with every cast member I ran into. Cast members seemed to know the property. They seemed to be educated about the property. They were very friendly. Everybody we passed was a smile and a hello, something else that didn't happen 18 months ago. So obviously some work has been done. Some changes have been made. Uh, So overall, I'm going to say I'm going to give the contemporary 7.5 out of 10. And the only reason it's 7.5 was the price of the room. The room at $470 is not worth it. At three fifty on an annual pass holder rate, it is absolutely worth it, and I would probably add another point and a half if I'd had the room at three fifty instead of four seventy. But I can uh, I can tell you that uh, I I will I I have to rescind my previous review and say that uh, I really enjoyed the contemporary and I would absolutely go back and stay there again. Yeah. So with that, that will end our our show for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. And we will be back with you again next Tuesday with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Everybody have a great week.